So Crisp, a tasty bite-sized podcast that serves business, bravery, branding, beauty, sex, love, motherhood, womanhood, feminism, labels, psychology, marketing, messaging, mavenry, musicals, and the mess we call life. All deliciously dished up and ready to consume. In fact, is there anything we don't discuss? Not with Jay Crisp Crow, copywriting queen from Crisp Copy in the kitchen. I hope you're hungry. opportunity that Anna from Happy Mash has. Oh, hey, my Evolver havers. Do not forget. Oh, wait, my Evolver havers. Do not forget the opportunity that Anna from Happy Mash has graciously extended to us. Use the code SOCRISP20 for 20% off any pleasure product from the Happy Mash Know Yourself range. Go on, go shopping, go get yourself some. So Facebook has a bit of a marketing conundrum. It'd like sex not to exist. It seems racism and sexism are usually fine. Cyberbullying, not so much a problem, but sex, nope. Don't feel too left out. Facebook also doesn't like breastfeeding images, breast cancer images, or sometimes even classical art if a nip is involved. Facebook guidelines state, ads must not promote the sale or use of adult products or services except for ads for family planning and contraception. And they're not the only ones. When was the last time you saw anything advertising healthy sexual relationships anywhere online? Anna Walsh is like so many of us. Her frustrations turned into a spark of a business idea. Sick of engendered stereotypes and attitudes towards women and sex, Anna created Happy Mash as an online space where women can feel comfortable learning about and discussing their own sexual wellness. Bonus, Happy Mash sells sexual pleasure products for women. And as her tagline says, get to know yourself. Recently, my opt-in Facebook ad was rejected because I told readers their new copy would make their own reader want to lick the screen. I was out for about three weeks while Facebook ad experts, my Facebook ad experts, sweet talked to a couple of people at Facebook still working there during lockdown. I cannot imagine what it must be like to run a small business like Anna's. So helpful to modern women, but so totally censored on every platform. And in fact, when we first booked this podcast episode, Anna's Instagram had been shadow banned, I couldn't find her for love nor money. And that is the kind of consistent censorship we're going to talk about today. Amongst a couple of other fun things. Welcome, Anna. Thank you. And thank you for the introduction. So before we get into the juicy topic that is misogynistic censorship, mm-hmm. tell us why women's sexual satisfaction is so important from both a personal and business perspective. Well, I mean, women's sexual satisfaction should be everything to a woman in her personal life, certainly. This comes in a reference to her relationship that she has with herself as well as other relationships because as we know sex is a major part of any relationship whether it be same sex or a heterosexual gen- uh, relationship but also because sexual wellness is such a, an important part of any woman's well-being it has um it trickles into other sort of relationships that you have all around say your family etc if you're not happy if you're not grounded if you're not satisfied um, whether it be physically or mentally then you're not going to be a happy person to to deal with. You're not going to be yourself most of the day. You're going to either have to feel like you've put on a cover if you want to, or a facade if you're at work or seeing people whom you don't know that well. Being 
sexually satisfied links intrinsically in with health, whether it's mental health or well-being. And that's partly why I set up Happy Match, because I thought it was just such an obvious point to make, but it's a point that isn't often very, well, isn't made or very articulately made. Um, and yeah, I felt like it was just really important for every woman to remember that and to own that in their lives. Fabulous. Whether you're talking about business, uh, well, <laughs> that's obviously more difficult to try and link sexuality and sexual wellness into business. But I feel like for me anyway, it really is important because it's all about empowering women and uplifting women. And really, to be honest, uplifting and empowering myself and um, <laughs> giving myself that little spark and little confidence. Like the way that you introduced me there and, and Happy Mash, I just felt so proud. I couldn't, I was like, oh my goodness, like I've done that. <laughs> um, and I didn't, I can't even say with all honesty that I really meant to. I had that idea and it just snowballed upon itself. But definitely talking about these sort of sub this subject and these topics is really important for business because it's all linking into women's confidence and the way that you and I and everyone else in the world knows themselves gets and getting to know themselves. Now that doesn't necessarily have to mean sexually, but in a business perspective and a confidence perspective and an identity perspective. So yeah, I do, you know, although that's not an obvious question, business and sexual wellness, like yeah. I do really feel like it, it has linked in very well. I, I I do too. I do too. That's kind of why that's kind of why I wanted to ask you. You say in your about page that you were growing up, you were confused and disheartened by the cultural norms that made women feel reluctant and embarrassed to nourish such an enjoyable and liberating core to their mental and physical well-being. When when did you first notice that? I I feel like I feel like that's a moment um, and you just said you kind of accidentally fell into the business but when did you decide that it was going to be your business like tell us a bit of your brand backstory. Yeah well when if you're thinking about to when I realized that it was a topic to be embarrassed about or something that wasn't talked about I guess it was probably um, to do with uh, sexual education in school which um across the board is taboo topic and people with lots of different opinions whether that is to do with religion or not um and i i mean in, we're all children are so much more intelligent than people give them credit for and they pick things up instantly and something along these lines was just so, so awkwardly put out there and my school did did give us a a fair rendition of sex sexual health um education but it was just it's just nowhere near enough and it's actually one of my keen interests now and hopefully I'll be able to uh, work on that in the future but I think that's definitely when I realized that I was so confused because it, we all have the exact same body parts whether you're x or y and to for the teachers for adults to be so awkward about it um was just really confusing to me and as I got a little bit older and was a, a pubescent teenager discovering myself um sexually and all my you know my clitoris and my on my what my different parts of my vulva did I just couldn't believe that I hadn't been told that by mm. anyone whether my parents or school and I had I could have asked probably but you know why would you ask and I I literally remember fig figuring out in my head what sex was that a, ma a man had a you know a phallic shaped instrument a penis if they even wanted to call it that and a woman had like a hole like a vagina and one must go into the other and I honestly remember exactly where I was walking home from the bus from school 
when I figured that out and I just think that is so terrible um and discovering my clitoris as well discovering that if I kept doing something then it would feel that good I was like no one's ever talked to me about this like not even my peers and I remember then speaking to my friends about that and them just being like be quiet stop talking (laughs) this is after like a few glasses of wine you know it's maybe 16 or 17 but I just was like oh okay that's something that no one else wants to talk about that's fine I'll just enjoy that by myself yeah um, yeah. And yeah, I just think that that just drips then on into adulthood. Yeah, I, I, I know. You, yeah, a lot you, of women who still have those issues, whether it be um, in their relationship or just um, freely talking about their own sexual yeah. wellness amongst their friends. Um, I have an almost eighteen-year-old daughter, and I've I've kind of found that her friends are very comfortable talking about the boys in yeah. the relationship but I've never heard them talk about themselves in a sexual relationship. Yeah. It's and always about the other person. Yes. And that's really where the heart of it lies is that um, history tells us that a woman's body is for another person, specifically usually a man's pleasure. And you know, we'll come to talk about it later on, but when you look at advertising, that's exactly the way that yeah. women are portrayed and how our bodies are used. It's not for our own pleasure. It's not for our own um you know our own wellness so that's why I think thinking this way is you know I should just own it it's revolutionary yeah and it's different and it does prick women's ears up and make them want to to listen and think now whether that means they actually want to follow me or look at my shop or buy any of my products that doesn't matter to me as long as it's making people think twice or three times or four times or five times if they want to go on and on before they decide how they feel about it themselves um and I my, my children are too young they're not as young as yours so I don't know how the youth of today is is that's playing out and I really think they probably are owning it a lot more um which is absolutely amazing and I can't wait for that to continue but I do think that um, with the use of, of pornography amongst young boys, it's probably teetering on the edge as to which direction it's going. And that's maybe what links into what you were saying, mm. that still talking about masturbation seems like a man's topic. And mm-hmm. talking <laughs> about penetrative sex is um, for men's pleasure. And some of the things that young girls are probably expecting that they're going to have to do during sex is terrifying because they're linked into pornography or certain yeah. types of pornography. And and I'm not putting down pornography. Like I use pornography and um, pornography is from time and beyond. That's been something that people have used um, and that's great. But just certain types um, of gender roles are being played out, I think, in a dangerous way through mm-hmm. pornography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. I think you're right. I think you do have to to embrace the. I'm just going to be a revolutionary. <laughs> Take it on. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> so, did you when you when you started when you thought, okay, well, I need a website and I'm going to sell products, and those products are going to be kind of as a, almost like a side service of education. Did you have any idea of how hard the wall was that you'd be up against was when you first decided? to make this a thing like how did you think that you were going to get the word out there about your business given that you're completely online you can't walk into a store of yours how did you think you were going to be able to advertise well I mean getting past 
becoming a business owner is difficult enough for starters <laughs> and then never mind linking in seo etc and putting your own website and google ads so i was very much um crossing each bridge and many bridges as i came to them and when i first started out and picked a name and got myself a little domain and felt all proud i did not think about the advertising in terms of the difficulties that i was going to experience probably because I have that very liberal view of what I expect to see on the internet and mm. whether it's be me personally or through my algorithms and my data, which people or bots on the on, online look at, or whether it's just what generally is out there. I just expected it to be out there a little bit more. Um, and so now obviously getting to grips with a lot more of the policies for Instagram and Facebook, which are leading um, the sort of social media game at the moment, yeah, I've, I've started to find it really difficult and frustrating because I can't, every time I used to try and use a boost or um, an advert, I obviously would be denied no matter what it talks about because it would go and troll your website. But then it would also sort of mark you down, like as in mm. you get an F and you go further down the <laughs> scale. So you can't do it too many, too many times or like what's going to happen? You're going to fall into a pit of hell where you're never coming back and your page is never going to be there again. And I put so much effort, like most people do, into mm. their social media. Um, and I don't actually have a massive following, but that doesn't put me off because, well, A, the followers I have are, are great and very loyal, but B, people don't want to... Um, always follow something that's to do with um, adult-oriented products. Oh, I they're hadn't not, thought of that. Yeah, of course. Not Some sure people wouldn't it, so, want it in yeah. their followers in their following list. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, that's why I sort of chose a name like Happy Mash, where it's not obvious at all what what it is. <laughs> to help with that. really that um, was so that was a choice. It was a choice not to yeah. be anything suggestive or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. Oh, wow. um, I wanted to break down the the stereotype of like. I've said it before in my in my blogs, like chains and whips and fifty shades grey and leather and feathers, you know, plastic. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what it's about. Um, for me, I want these to be health products that you could have in your drawer, and it wouldn't be particularly obvious what it was. Mm. I actually did a one of my um, an influencer did a post for me yesterday, and I had a few people comment on it saying, "What is this?" <laughs> because it's not very it's really well camouflaged great. yeah like <laughs> it's it's this cute little baby pink bunny thing that this that's the only color I've gotten for the range but they're like wait, wait what is this you know and that's brilliant as well because um I've caught my one-year-old daughter playing with one before and I'm, I'm fine with that because she doesn't know what that is but I I just I know that they do look like toys and that's exactly what they are they're toys for adults mm-hmm. so um yeah, getting around the Facebook and Instagram issue has been terribly difficult. And right now I'm, I'm getting around it by um, using marketing in terms of uh, I have a landing page um, and I have pop-ups and things like that, which are really obviously very difficult to get around as well. You don't want to annoy people before you've even... Mm. Um, yeah, wound them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's, there's lots of other marketing things that I've had to think about I have been offered by marketing companies to or been asked by marketing companies to consider advertising on pornography sites um, but that's just not where my target audience lives my target mm-hmm. audience is um, women over the age of 30 um, I'm predominantly looking at 
women perhaps who have or are about to go through pregnancy and also menopause and um, because they're traditionally just never portrayed as sexy periods of anyone's life <laughs> and I, I fundamentally disagree with that that should be pleasure at all stages of every woman's life so um, and speaking my, as a as a yeah. 43 year old mm-hmm. no one tells us that we hit our stride now like I yeah. didn't know that that would happen. I didn't know that I would just ramp up and up. Like I thought 20 was it and then I got to 40 and I was like, hang on, hello, Yeah. now I'll give myself permission to do all the things. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm personally, I'm 34 and I feel like every year I get more confident in myself. I really honestly thought I knew myself back when I was, mm. as you say, 21, but mm. thank goodness that's the way it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I'm glad I didn't peak then. I'm glad that wasn't the peak. Yeah. So w- when you wrote in your pitch, I think we should discuss misogynistic censorship. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's give this woman a microphone. <laughs> so I've got one. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Your clientele are completely women. Your brand statement is <clears throat> by women for women. Mm-hmm. How do you feel your business would be treated if you made products for men's sexual pleasure and can you talk us through what you see is the disconnect when women's bodies are acceptably used to sexualize the selling of products but selling sexual products for women's bodies is less acceptable yeah I just it makes me quite angry actually that last part you mentioned there um because and I'll come back onto your first question but okay. to, to go on from that I just feel like why they're ours like we these are our bodies these are our body parts they're all used for incredibly amazing life-giving things but actually I just drove along the street yesterday and a car was being advertised with a woman draped over the bonnet in a big revealing dress now that's fine but is are we still going with those old Mm. um yesteryear adverts of beer and barbecues and women in bikinis because Mm. I just think that um, women in bikinis is fine, but not when you're advertising something for a man. Like, and I just feel like that we're consistently putting together women's bodies with the wrong things. And that's why I think at the end of the day, uh, misogynistic or sexist censorship is going ahead because people just can't get around the approvals at the end of the day mm. um, of these adverts. Um, and I understand that perhaps Facebook and, and Instagram they're so massive they don't have people working for them like approving individual uh adverts so there's a there's a robot there's a bot that's doing it or an algorithm that's doing it but there has to be uh, a line drawn in terms of what these adverts and what these businesses are for so you know it's for sex i think you mentioned it was for family planning was that right yeah family planning or contraception is acceptable but women's sexual health no it does not make the list yeah so there you go like sexual health that's so important you know whether you're talking about stis or whether you're talking about like condoms for use for that or for contraception like that's just that is so important and often areas where governments lack in the developing Mm. world never mind in the developed world sorry never mind the developing world Mm. where these online platforms are so important and I just feel like at the end of the day there's someone who just cannot um make the mood for from for for women and their bodies and what they represent moving it into their own realm of their own sexual pleasure and that they're allowed to do that Mm. I often say that you're, you're allowed to be sexual don't worry about feeling sexual and owning it and saying it out loud you're not going to be what you were scared of when you were younger if you do that 
um, you're not going to be seen as promiscuous, loose, slutty. All these names that perhaps, well, I mean, I certainly have been called them when I was younger for, for no good reason. But, you know, we have to get beyond that line and see the difference in what these adverts are for. And as I say, I do understand that Facebook and Instagram don't want their sites perhaps to be thrown into um, a realm of dodgy CD dungeons and mm. you know, the adult world because they want it to be for everyone and they want people to choose what they see. But I think that women are being denied the chance to own their own health at the moment because these this is a health thing, never mind just a sexual health thing. Um, it affects your mood, your mental health, your general well-being. If you're going through menopause, perhaps you'll want to know about how sex is going to change for you, if it's going to change at all, your libido, etc. But you know, talking about men's libido, well, that's okay. That's fine mm. because men might need Viagra, etc., or erectile dysfunction. That's all right. But we're not going to be talking about um, atrophy, like the thinning of the labia for women as they or peri perimenopausal, that's not going to be talked about. Um, thankfully, periods seem to be talked about a bit more recently with mm. the Scottish decision to um, make them uh, free for all women in, in the country. You know, so the, these things all do link in together. I know I'm sort of digressing a little there, but if I, coming back to your first question, if I were to be advertising to men, I mean, I honestly think I would be rolling in dollars right now. I would be doing so well. And if you look at the SEO for things that men are searching for in the traffic, it's just, it's out of this world. It must be the most thing, most searched for thing on the internet. Um, and that's fine. That's great. Like, you know, but we just have to take a look, take a step back and try and even things out. It's just... It goes across the board with equality for women and certainly goes, goes across different um, discriminatory factors as well. But we really need to just take a step back and allow these sorts of things to be seen. Women can change their preferences, etc. Um, you but you should be able to get around it in some way. I cannot even get anything put on Facebook if it's for women's wellness. So nothing yeah. to do with sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you said that there's... um there's so basically your options are if you want to advertise women's sexual wellness you're limited to google ads and porn sites so yeah. they're the two options for you right now to be able to get the word out um any yeah, other I mean, way I, than I, organically I right yes exactly i organic, organically use facebook and instagram but i am worried at any stage that I'll turn on my phone or my laptop and I will have been blocked or um, the site completely gone and I can't even get any of the content back that was on there or my followers. Oh, my God. that's a, See, so so many businesswomen have that fear when they when their business toes all of the lines. I think that that must be such a stressful way yeah. to, to run your business every day, thinking, well, I could go harder on the organic marketing and really get into women's Facebook groups and go to business groups and teach and educate women how when they when they really embrace and love one part of themselves, this particular part that we've been taught to ignore, then, you know, their entire being is, is healthier and better and they know themselves more and that can only yeah. be a good thing. But then if you do oh, yeah, that, absolutely. there's every possibility that you get in front of the wrong person, too many people report you and you're out. Yeah, and I mean, it's not even a case of a, a physical person reporting me. It's just too many of the wrong buzzwords that right. a lot's going to pick up. Um, some, and, you know, I do use 
words like obviously I use words like sexual and masturbation and things like that in my blog posts um but I just I don't know where the line's drawn on it so I'm very much um just as I said taking one bridge as it comes and seeing if things are going to get posted or and hoping that people um subscribe I suppose that's really the main marketing thing if you're going to if you're going to talk to me about sexual wellness and my business, I suppose the email marketing is the main thing. And also that's a very fine line as well, because I am um, probably part of my target audience. I I am very susceptible to email marketing myself, but there's a very fine line as to what someone wants to read, not want to read, wants to sus- subscribe or unsubscribe. So that's, mm. um, that's been a very in- interesting journey, actually, for me, the whole marketing aspect from a from a business point of view, taking out the the content, it's just been it's been really fascinating. And mm-hmm. um, I mentioned to you um, when we were talking about what we were going to discuss during the podcast about Dame Products, mm, um, which yeah. is um, a New York City startup. Two two women started it, and uh, one was an engineer and one's a sexologist. And they frustrated by a lot of the different products out there, feeling like they weren't made by women never mind for women they decided to sort of make up their own product line and it's, it's amazing like I, I don't mind um telling people about other <laughs> other sexual wellness products out there so they are as I say based in New York and they are decided to sue the um New York Metropolitan Transport Association the MTA because they have they initially allowed a few of their adverts um, they got past the first stage of approval mm-hmm. and then were um, rejected because they said that they are not going to work with any um, sexually orientated businesses. And they felt, Dean Products felt like that was just completely going against anyone, like going, shaming anyone with a vulva, mm. um, shaming anyone who wanted to have better libido, but not men's, men's libido. Um, so basically, it was just going against every like derail sexism was their hashtag, and it was just completely against like women, women as vulva ha- havers. And they they had vulva havers. Really <laughs> that's what that's actually a quote: vulva havers and their partners. Okay, so like, you know their partners are in there as well. Mm-hmm. But they they made really tasteful ads suited to public transport. You, if you you didn't you might not know what they are looking at them, and it wasn't any any sort of phallic images or. It, images of the classic vibrator um, it was perhaps images of women's hands or like just women in general not in any sort of sexualized way um, but they were not allowed because it was to do with women's mm. pleasure so sex for pleasure and women's sex for pleasure not um, sex sex for health or you know all those different types of aspects of it, it was specifically for women for their own pleasure and that was not allowed Whereas um, many of the adverts which they tell you about on the website, and maybe you could put it in the show notes, um, they have pictures of for the sex museum in New York, a bare like man's arse sex museum and big, big writing. They also have um, ads for erectile dysfunction and different phallic shaped vegetables or fruits or like there was one that was really like a long cactus with clearly like, you know, very phallic shaped ending to it that was allowed. So I feel like that I'm so behind them as a company for Mm. doing that. And I'm so interested to see what the outcome is, Um, especially as they are clearly calling them out on sexism, not just, you know, that's unfair, unjust. It's really a discriminatory factor. And that really just highlights, you know, big or small, Facebook or Instagram or 
you know, major, major advertising companies, what we're up against. Yeah, that's, 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 <clears throat> and as you say, you, you can promote everything that you just mentioned. Plus, if you use women's bodies to promote alcohol, gambling, um, big conglomerates, yeah. um, that's all acceptable. So it's not as if anyone could argue that this is just because, um, that transport authority, for example, decided that they were not going to have nothing to do with sex at all. Yeah. Um, it's just women's sex that they don't want anything yeah, to exactly. do with. Yeah, and, exactly. And that's why I think they have a really good case. So I'm excited to see the outcome. I think um, the pandemic in America has slowed things up. But, yeah, I, I understand they're spending a lot of money on it. Um, and, you know, good luck to them. And, and thank you as well for, <laughs> for going ahead and challenging that because yeah, that's pretty awesome. it might have just been something that they just looked down a different avenue for advertising, yeah. but instead they questioned it, which is great. Yeah. Um, and you've linked me up with a, um, a little uh, highlights reel that I'm going to share in the show notes for anybody yes. who wants to go and have a look at Dame. Yeah, it's a great that, like that two brand. minute video if anyone wants to have a look at it from Dame Products. Anna, what is a vulva mask? <laughs> well, I must admit I've not used one yet. I have one in order um, uh -huh. from Fig Femme. Now, um, I can't remember her first name, but Klim, Michael Klim's ex-wife. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, oh, I don't yep. know the Klim family as well because I'm not um, Australian, as you can tell, growing up. But they had their Klim milk, was it milk um, skin yes. products? And now yep. his wife has branched off and has started doing a vulva mask set. And I think it has lots of different products that um, are for your vagina. And this is nothing to do, I should highlight, this is nothing to do with washing your vagina because that is something that health people across the board say you do not have to do and you should not do. And actually it's not good for your own pH levels, but it's basically, um, I think a cooling mask for your vagina and I'm wow. very excited to use it. Um, I don't know if it has any cream that secretes out it or what, but it's, um, yes. Yeah, and it, when I've listened to podcasts and to information that she's put out before about Fig Femme, Fig Femme is spelled F-E-M-M-E. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. She's like, well, we put so much cream on our faces and on our bodies mm -hmm. and we donate so much money to our bodies and beauty and tanning. But why do we not just give a little bit of love to our vaginas and our vulvas now and then? Because, you know, sometimes literally they take a pounding. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm quite excited to see you know I don't think it's maybe going to help my my vulva in any way I don't know that it needs help but it certainly will be really relaxing and yeah it's, maybe it's like a facial exactly and they'll be very um affordable as well so yeah Groovy. I'll let you know <laughs> cool now what can we actually do about it <clears throat> what can we do about the fact that you can't reach me as a 43 year old woman on the up by the way, mm -hmm. um, through Facebook and all the other places that I would be normally used to being advertised to, um, you know, and over the platform. Like how do we, if we're listening to this, how do we find more people, more women like you, more brands like your brand? Yeah, I would say, you know, it, that's a difficult one because that means that you're looking for it initially. Mm, you're looking yeah, for that's right. to do with it. Yeah. So, and, and that's my ongoing task is to find people who, um, don't actually know that they might benefit from it. <laughs> so mm. since I've given myself enough hurdles. You know, I, I, <laughs> I started Happy Mash because I knew women didn't always know about pleasure and they needed to. And I knew some women knew about pleasure, but they felt embarrassed or silenced by it. So those are, those are my target areas right now. So, you know, how do you find those or let those women find you as you've put it? Um, 
And I've always obviously got my Google ads running, which a lot of business women will know about um, mm. is targeted. So I try to target um, subtle wor uh, search words, which um, perhaps women didn't mean to stumble across uh, my research set. But also I don't want to insult people by, like if you're searching for like the best roast chicken recipe, you're coming across a vibrator. So, you know, there has to be a line drawn with it. But yeah. certainly pregnancy is one, I have two children myself. So coming back to find myself and my libido after pregnancy is a really, a really good one um, and resonates obviously with a lot of women mm. um, and menopause as well. Um, I haven't obviously gone through menopause, uh, thankfully at my age of 34, but um, I will be. And it's just something that I have not prepared for at all. And so that's why I started to educate myself in it and um, to bring libido and, and sexual wellness into it because, uh, you know, life and pleasure doesn't, sexual life and pleasure doesn't stop when you reach that stage of not producing eggs anymore it's just so mm. so stupid so <laughs> I, I guess I'm trying to use the search words in that way to uh, encourage people but actually just right now a lot of word of mouth is helping me which sounds crazy in this world of technology um I do obviously ask for reviews and I ask people to tell their friends and I hope it's something that people talk about over cocktails like it's 2000 and we're watching Sex and the City um but I, I I'm just basically taking one step at a time and watching what my target audience do how they react what they think of the product and the packaging and then reassessing and um, re-energizing myself but really there is no way to to find my target audience I need to sneakily get them to find me yeah 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 nice okay so it's it I love a tagline that's not a secret talk mm. me through the closing the orgasm gap how did you come up with that what does it mean for you I'm just getting my copywriter head on now and like yeah. picking apart your good branding yeah, what is I what mean, is that about the, the orgasm gap I hope that people know what it means or what it is when they hear of it I'm not sure if that's that obvious like the gap in orgasms but basically you know there is an orgasm gap that exists between I shouldn't say men and women, but vulva havers and men or people. With I love devices. vulva havers so much. <laughs> That's what you are. <laughs> um, and, you know, right now I'm trying to get that point across because it's pleasure for yourself, pleasure for women. And that doesn't necessarily mean penetrative sex if you don't want it to be. Um, it's a huge amount of women. I think it's 60 or 70 percent of women have never had an orgasm through penetrative sex and a lot even more you could even go down farther down the lane I think there's like 10 or 20 percent of women who've never had a clitoral orgasm as well stimulated by yeah. themselves or through sex so there's a there's a lot of people hiding there who either don't want to talk about it or just think they're not allowed to talk about it or don't even realize at all um and I feel like closing the orgasm gap shows that sex is not all about men's orgasms if you want to be honest with yourself and think about when you have sex or when you've had sex are you having an orgasm every time perhaps you need to take ownership of that and ask for pleasure and and that involves you knowing what your own pleasure is that's why my first range is called the know yourself range it's really about women getting to know themselves first as step one for closing the orgasm gap and um, in your own relationship and people often think that 
partners, um, specifically men, are going to get worried about this. But actually, whenever I've spoken to partners who have bought for their their part their own female partners mm. on my site, they are absolutely loving the vibe because it's um, <laughs> excuse the pun, <laughs> but it's just really giving um, their wives a voice, and they want they want to give their wives mm. pleasure. They don't want to worry about. Um, how their wives are feeling during sex they want to know for sure and, and not be second guessing it mm-hmm. so um most men understand now that you know getting women getting to know that herself by herself increases the libido and then therefore will increase um the chances of finding a successful and satisfying sexual relationship with their partners mm-hmm. um yeah so i can't it's remember awesome. how we got onto that yeah closing oh closing all yeah <laughs> i just liked it as a brand and i heard i was doing some other copy the other day and uh, your voice always goes through my head about just working on my copy every time i'll write like a boring sentence and go back through it so the other day i wrote i've got to sew knit patch cement brick shut the orgasm gap you know you really have got to just try and pull it in <laughs> and get it closed <laughs> and it's not going to happen overnight it's not gonna, it's probably going to be a generation generational thing but um, that's fine. We just need to all work on it and try and make sure that our orgasms are just just as important as men's. Love it. Okay, so my role of copywriting driver of the So Chris bus, I cannot help but ask our experts to give some listeners some call to action. So <clears throat> women who are listening to this episode, mm-hmm. which is um, people who identify as women are most of my audience, what would you most like them to take away from this episode with us where we've been talking? Oh, there's so much. <laughs> I just need to try and hone it down to make it crisp and clear. <laughs> you, you, I think you need a podcast, Anna. Yeah, I often think about doing one, but it's just mm. that imposter syndrome, isn't it, that's coming into my head often. Um, uh, well, she doesn't have a seat then. at this table. <laughs> Sorry. She's um, just getting in the way. <laughs> sorry, she's gone. She's gone. Okay, today. good. Done. Um, but yeah, I. if it's one thing I want anyone listening to this podcast to take away, and this is whether it's men thinking about their partners or if it's just, you know, us good old women. Um, if you don't have a pleasure product in your bedroom, you should try one mm-hmm. because you do not know what you're missing out on this extra facet of your mental health, sexual health and well-being. It's now seen as an essential health product that you should have. If you've got your vulva mask, you've got your face mask. If you've got your um, sh- your shaver in your shower and your special shampoo and your conditioner, then you've also got a little vibrator as well. So that's just what I want people to think about. It's not this taboo leather clad chain ridden object with which to fear or only watch when you're watching Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, it's cute. It's pastel coloured. It comes in a lovely little box, which you can keep hidden away if you need to from naughty little hands. Um, (laughs) Just reconsider it and um, consider it an essential for your health. Love it. Well, thank you for doing an amazing job of trailblazing this industry for women. Um, And I was so excited to see that you gave me a discount code to share. How flipping awesome. So people who are listening who want to give this a whirl, I'm going to pop that in the show notes. So listeners, go and get some. And because you're obviously a brazenly brave feminist powerhouse who takes opportunities by both hands, Anna Walsh, you're going to take us out today with the May Your Day Be So Crisp. Yes, I am. 
No, let me just find what I've written. <laughs> so perfectly prepared until I I've thrown you it. a curveball. You could cut that bit out, can you? Yeah, or not. <laughs> Keep it real. May your day be crisper than freshly washed and ironed bed sheets before your kids or dog make their way onto them. <laughs> yes, I love it. This has been so crisp. My guest has been Anna Walsh from Happy Mash. Anna helps women, primarily age 30 plus, by inviting them to join her in celebrating their sexuality. Owning their pleasure and investing their sexual wellness, Anna argues, is the key to a more fulfilled life. You've been listening to So Crisp with copywriter, copy coach, and consultant Jay Crisp Crow. If you've loved this episode, get all the juicy details and links at crispcopy.com.au forward slash podcast. Make sure you never miss a bite by subscribing to So Crisp wherever you get your podcasts. Want to help us spread the deliciousness? Rate and review this show and share with your mates. Remember, if there's a copy question you want nibbled at, email me straight away right now.